0: I'm glad to see that you're practicing social distancing. That looks very nice. That's very good. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here today. This morning, I spoke with the leaders of the G7, G7 nations, and they uh, uh, really had a good meeting. I think it was a very, very productive meeting. I also spoke with our nation's governors. and This afternoon, we're announcing new guidelines for every American to follow. Over the next 15 days, as we combat the virus, each and every one of us has a critical role to play in stopping the spread and transmission of the virus. We we did this today. This was done by a lot of very talented people, some of whom are standing with me, and that's available. And Dr. Burks will be speaking about that in just a few minutes. It's important for the young and healthy people to understand that While they may experience milder symptoms, uh, they can easily spread this virus and they will spread it indeed, putting countless others in harm's way. We especially worry about our senior citizens. The White House task force meets every day and continually updates guidelines based on the fast evolving situation that this has become all over the world. It's all over the world. It's incredible what's happened in such a short period of time. On the guidelines of the task force, the new modeling conducted by Dr. Burks and our consultation with governors, we've made the decision to further toughen the guidelines and blunt the infection. Now, we'd much rather be ahead of the curve than behind it. And that's what we are. Therefore, my administration is recommending that all Americans, including the young and healthy, work to engage in schooling from home when possible, avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 people avoid discretionary travel, and avoid eating and drinking at bars, restaurants, and public food courts. If everyone makes this uh, change or these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation, and we will defeat the virus, and we're going to have a big celebration all together. With several weeks of focused action, we can turn the corner and turn it quickly. A lot of progress has been made. I'm also pleased to report today that a vaccine candidate has begun the phase one clinical trial. This is one of the fastest vaccine development launches in history. Not even close. We're also racing to develop antiviral therapies and other treatments. And we've had some promising results, early results, but promising to reduce the severity and the duration of the synd- of the symptoms. And I have to say that uh, our government is prepared to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, we're doing. We're doing it in every way. And uh, with that, I'd like to just introduce Dr. Burks, who's going to discuss uh, some of the things that we strongly recommend. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. President. I think you know over the last months, we've taken very bold action to stop the virus from coming to our shores. And because of that, we gained time to really get together and understand the progress across the globe of what has worked and what hasn't worked. We now need to appeal to every single American so that they can have their role in stopping the spread of this virus. We've talked about things before about washing your hands. But we really want to focus on if you are sick, no matter who you are, please stay home. If someone in your household is diagnosed with this virus, the entire household should quarantine in the house to prevent spread of the virus to others. The reason we're taking these strong and bold steps is because we know there is virus spread before you develop symptoms. And then we know that there's a large group We don't know the precise percent yet that actually is asymptomatic or has such mild cases that they continue to spread the virus. If your children are sick, please keep them home. Now to our older population or those with pre-existing medical conditions, everyone in the household needs to focus on protecting them. Everyone in the household. I want to speak particularly to our largest generation now, our millennials. I have the mom of two wonderful millennial young women who are bright and hardworking, and I will tell you what I told to them. They are the core group that will stop this virus. They're the group that communicates successfully, independent of picking up a phone. They intuitively know how to contact each others without being in large social gatherings. We're asking all of them to hold their gatherings to under 10 people not just in bars and restaurants, but in homes. We really want people to be separated at this time. To be able to address this virus comprehensively that we cannot see, for which we don't have a vaccine or a therapeutic, the only thing we have right now is the amazing ingenuity and compassion of the American people. We're appealing to all Americans to take these steps to protect each other, and to ensure that the virus doesn't spread. These guidelines are very specific. They're very detailed. They will only work if every American takes this together to heart and responds as one nation and one people to stop the spread of this virus. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much, Dr. Burks. So just to connect with what I mentioned to you in previous discussions in this room, and Dr. Burke said it very well, that in order to be able to contain and curtail this epidemic to not reach its maximum capability, we have a two-pillar approach, one of which I believe has been very effective in preventing the substantial seating, and namely the travel restrictions that we've discussed many times in this room. The other, equally if not more important, is when you have infection in your own country, which we do. And, you know, I could read the numbers, but they're really essentially what we've seen yesterday, incremental increases both uh, globally as well as in the United States with the curve doing that. So, therefore, the kinds of things that we do are containment and mitigation. Uh, This, what we're mentioning now, the guidelines, when you look at them carefully, I believe if the people in the United States take them seriously, because they were based on some rather serious consideration back and forth. Some may look at them and say they're going to be really inconvenient for people. Some will look and say, well, maybe we've gone a little bit too far. They were well thought out. And the thing that I I want to re-emphasize, and I'll say it over and over again, when you're dealing with an emerging infectious diseases outbreak, you are always behind where you think you are if you think that today reflects where you really are. That's not word speak. It means if you think you're here, you're really here because you're only getting the results. Therefore, it will always seem that the best way to address it would to be doing something that looks like it might be an overreaction. It isn't an overreaction. It's a reaction that we feel is commensurate, which is actually going on in reality. So take a look at the guidelines, read them carefully, and we hope that the people of the United States will take them very seriously because they will fail if people don't adhere to them. We have to have, as a whole country, cooperate and collaborate to make sure these get done. Thank you. Okay, go
0: ahead.
3: Mr. President, 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 a lot of people are concerned about how long all of this might last. Do you you have any kind of estimate that if if Americans really were to band together and do what the White House is suggesting, how quickly you could turn this corner? My favorite
0: question, I ask it all the time. How many times, Anthony, I think I ask him that question every day, and uh, I speak to Deborah, I speak to a lot of them, I get the opinion. So it seems to me that if we do a really good job, uh, we'll not only hold the death down to a, a level that is uh, much lower than the other way, had we not done a good job, uh, but people are talking about July, August, something like that. So it could be right in that period of time where it, I say wash, it washes through. Other people don't like that term, but where it washes through. Is this the new normal until the height of the summer? Uh, We'll see what happens. But they think uh, August could be July, could be longer than that. But I've asked that question many, many times. Yes.
1: That being said, Mr. President, Americans today and and looking forward are living with so much anxiety and so much fear facing uncertainty right now. I'm curious, how are you talking to your own family about this? How are you talking to your youngest son?
4: Uh, Do you empathize with this sense of anxiety? People are really scared.
0: No, I think they are very scared. I think they see that we're doing a very professional job. We've been working with the governors and the, frankly, the mayor's local government at every level. Uh, We have FEMA totally involved. FEMA has been, uh, you know, usually we see FEMA for the hurricanes and the tornadoes. Now we have FEMA involved in this. They've been doing a fantastic job locally, working with people that they know because they work, like, as an example, in California, in uh, the state of Washington, Mm -hmm. Uh, They work with them a lot on other things, and they're very familiar, so they're working on it. Uh, What you can do and all you can do is uh, professional, totally competent. Uh, We have the best people in the world. We are really the greatest experts in the world. And uh, someday soon, hopefully, it'll end and we'll be back to where it was. But this came up. it, it, It came up so suddenly. Look, You were surprised. We were all surprised. We heard about it. We heard about uh, reports from China that something was happening, and all of a sudden uh, we did make a good decision. We closed our, our borders to China very quickly, very rapidly. That was a, that was a otherwise we'd be in a very, as, as Tony has said numerous times, we'd be in a very bad position, uh, much worse than we would be right now. You look at what's happening in other countries. Italy's having a very hard time. Uh, but I think, that, I think that what we do, and I've spoken actually with my son. He says, how bad is this? It's bad. It's bad. But we're going to uh, we're going to be hopefully a best case, not a worst case. And that's what we're working for. Just
5: yes. I you can um, clear up some confusion on two key fronts. One is about your own test. The other is about containment efforts. Is the administration considering more aggressive containment uh, options like a quarantine, a national curfew? Uh, restricting
0: well, we have that very time? much. Yeah, we have that very much. And we are uh, we've been pretty aggressive. We were early with Europe, but we were very, very early with uh, China and other places and fortunately, we were. And as far as containment here, we are. We, we're coming out with strong suggestions. And you know, it's becoming a little bit automatic. You look at people, they're not doing certain things. For instance, they're obviously not, I wouldn't say the restaurant business is booming and bars and grills and all. People are uh, self-containing for, to a large extent. Uh, we look forward to the day when we can get back to normal. To be, to be specific, Mark, are you,
5: are you considering instituting a nationwide lockdown, a nationwide quarantine? Uh, the NSC knocked that down, but there's still some questions about how it all came.
0: At this to be. point, not uh, nationwide, but uh, well, there are some po- you know, some places in our nation that are not very affected at all. But we may we may look at certain areas, certain certain uh, hotspots, as they call them. We'll be looking at that, but uh, at this moment, no, we're not. The second question
5: is: You said you had you had your coronavirus test Friday night. Uh, the, the White House doctor's office put out a statement around midnight Friday saying that no test was indicated. So when exactly was your test administered? Well, I
0: had my uh, test. I was late Friday night. And the reason I did it was because the uh, I had no symptoms whatsoever. So the doctor said you have no symptoms. So we don't see any reason. But when I did the press conference on Friday, everybody was going crazy. Did you do the test? Did you do the test? So very late on Friday night, I did the test. And uh, he may have put out or the doctor may have put out something at a I don't know what time the letter went out. Maybe it was put out by somebody else. But uh, the results came back, I believe, the following day. And uh, we tested negative.
5: The question is, how could the White House doctor's office say a test wasn't indicated, (coughs) implying that you hadn't had one when, in fact, you had one? Well,
0: I told them that uh, and I went totally by what they said, the doctors, more than one. Uh, They said you don't have any of the symptoms. They checked what you're supposed to check and that I didn't have symptoms. But I did it. I did a a test late on Friday night and it came back uh, probably 24 hours later or something. They sent it to the labs, came back later. Yeah, please.
5: Mr. President, you had a uh, teleconference with the nation's governors today. And in that teleconference, you told them if they need things like respirators or masks to try to get it on their own. Yeah. What did you mean by that? And what will the federal government do? If they can get them faster
0: them. by getting them on their own, in other words, go through a supply chain that they may have, because the governors, you know, during normal times, the governors buy a lot of things, not necessarily through federal government. If they're able to get ventilators, respirators, if they're able to get certain things without having to go through the the longer process of federal government, we have stockpiles now where we're ordering tremendous numbers of ventilators, respirators, masks, and they're ordered, and they're coming. And we have quite a few at this point. I think, Mike, we have a lot. But if they can if they can get them directly, it's always going to be faster if they can get them directly, if they need them. Uh, and I've given them authorization to order directly. Go ahead, Mr. President,
6: one of the big weaknesses in our health care system is uh, surge capacity for uh, medical facilities. And I wanted right. to ask, uh, what precautions, what, what planning is being done uh, to... Uh, get China start, uh, was able to build hospitals in a matter of days. Are you prepared to use the Corps of Engineers or FEMA to start building uh, search capacity that we may need in a couple of weeks?
0: Well, first of all, we hope we don't get there. And that's what we're doing. And that's why we're taking a very strict look at this. But we also are uh, looking at areas and not only looking, we're expanding uh, certain areas. We're taking over buildings that aren't used. We're doing a lot in that regard. We hope we don't have to get there but we are doing a lot in that regard.
4: Could you uh, clarify something? These guidelines say stay home if you're sick. Yesterday the Vice President said no one should worry about losing a paycheck if they stay home when they're sick, but the House bill exempts companies of 500 employees or more from the paid sick leave yeah. requirement, and that's 54% of the American workplace. Why is it a good idea to only require small businesses to provide paid Well, sick we're leave? looking at that, and
0: we may be expanding that. We are looking we at that. We want to fairness. To we companies. want it for everybody. No, we're looking at that through the Senate. Because, as you know, the Senate is now digesting that bill. So we may companies. very well be adding something on that. Okay? Good <laughs> question.
7: I have two
8: questions for you, Mr. President. One going off of what he was asking. How many ventilators and how many ICU beds do we have right now, and will it be enough?
0: I could get back to you with that number. We've ordered a lot. Uh, we have quite a few, but it may not be enough. And if it's not enough, we will have it by the time we need it. Hopefully, we won't need them. And
8: you'll give us the exact number? Yeah, will be able so far to give you, n- you they have not given us an exact well, we'll number. We will
0: give you. We can give you a number. If it's important, we'll give you a number. Go ahead. Okay.
8: And yesterday, you said that this was under tremendous control. Do you want to revisit that statement if we are going to be it, experiencing this until July or August, five more months Ahead
9: of well, right, when right,
0: right when now. I'm talking about control, I'm saying we are doing a very good job within the confines of what we're dealing with. We're doing a very good job. There's been a, uh, there's been a tremendous uh, amount of the 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 way they're working together. They're working hand in hand. I think they're doing really a great job. And from that standpoint, uh, that's what I was referring but to. Yes, not so under- you're not, you're not no. saying
8: it's under control, right? I'm
0: not referring to it, meaning the. Yeah. If you're talking about the virus. No, that's not under control for any place in the world. I think I read. I think I read. No, I didn't I was talking about what we're doing is under control, but I'm not talking about the virus. Yes, please. Stock market took another hit today. Is the U.S. economy heading into a recession? Well, it may be. We're not thinking in terms of recession. We're thinking in terms of the virus. Once we stop, I think there's a tremendous pent up demand, both in terms of the stock market and in terms of the economy. And once this goes away, once it uh, goes through and we're done with it, I think you're going to see a tremendous a tremendous surge. Are you looking at any domestic travel restrictions? I know that's been on the table before, but is that firming up at all? We're not re- really. We hope we don't have to, Steve. We, we think that uh, hopefully we won't have to do that. But it's certainly something that we talk about every day. We haven't made that decision.
3: Ask you,
5: doctors and nurses in this country are telling us across the board that they're terrified of this virus of the fact that they could get it, of the fact that they might take it home to their families. What can you say to assure health care providers in this country that the federal government is doing something today to ensure that they get personal protective equipment to protect themselves and their families?
0: Well, I think the federal government is doing everything that we can possibly do. We made some very good early decisions by keeping people out, by keeping uh, countries out, certain countries, where the infection was very immense. Uh, I noticed a lot of people are talking about South Korea, because they've done a good job on one side, but on the other side, uh, tremendous problems at the beginning. They had tremendous problems and great numbers of death. Uh, I think that we've done a a fantastic job from just about every standpoint. With that being said, you look, no matter where you look, this is something, it's an invisible enemy. And, uh, but we are speaking all the time, not only with the people, but also the professional people, the nurses, the doctors, they have been doing a fantastic job. We are also working very much on getting them the kind of equipment that they need. And for the most part, they're either, they either have it or they will be getting it. But remember this. Uh, we want the governors. We want the mayors. We want them locally from a local standpoint because it can go quicker. We want them to work. And we, w- we had a great talk with the governors today. I think it was a really great talk. There's a tremendous coordination. There's a tremendous spirit that we have together with the governors. And that's pretty much, for the most part, Bipartisan. Yeah,
5: Mr. President, um, you just you told John um, that you think this could wash through, as you said, July, August. You just told Steve when he asked you about a possibility of recession. You said it may be. I'm curious if there is a recession. When do you think that might happen?
0: Well, I don't I don't. Uh, number one, determine recession. I just say this. We have an invisible enemy. We have a problem that a month ago nobody ever thought about. Nobody in a, you know, I've read about it. I read about uh, many years ago, 1917, 1918. I've seen all of the different, uh, the different problems similar to this that we've had. This is a bad one. This is a very bad one. This is bad in the sense that um, it's so contagious. It's just so contagious, uh, sort of uh, record setting type contagion. Uh, And uh, the good part is the young people are. They do very well and healthy people do very well. Very, very bad for older people, especially older people with problems. Uh, My focus is really on getting rid of this problem, this virus problem. Once we do that, Everything else is going to fall into place. Yes, please. a lot of
10: rumors,
6: last, lot of rumors last night, a lot of rumors last night that you were going to put in a national curfew yeah. or some kind of, you know, no, I've been reading, I've, I've pe- been watching. Right, yeah, exactly. Me too. Your people were saying this is a foreign disinformation campaign. Is that what's going on? Are people messing
2: with us on the
0: Internet? Well, like I don't know. Saying? I mean, that I can't tell you if they are or not. Uh... I think a lot of the media ha- actually has been very fair. I think people are pulling together on this. I really think the media has been very fair. I think it could be that you have some uh, foreign groups that are playing games, but it doesn't matter. We, we haven't really uh, determined to do that at all. And hopefully we won't have to. That's a very big step. It's a step we can take. But we have not decided to do it. Jennifer, go. Mr. President,
4: President, President. two things, one on airlines and one on Jeff Bezos. Can you talk a little bit specifically about what you'd like to do to help the airlines, first of all? And then second of all, we heard that Jeff Bezos has been in contact with the White House daily. Can you say what he's been asking for or proposing? Well, I've heard that's
0: true. I don't know that for a fact. But I know that some of my people have, uh, as I understand it, been dealing with them or with him. And that's nice. We've, We've had tremendous support from a lot of people. That uh, can help. And I believe he was one of them. As far as the airlines are concerned, the airlines, we're going to uh, back the airlines 100%. It's not their fault. Uh, it's nobody's fault unless you go to the original source. But it's nobody's fault. And uh, we're going to be in a, a position to help the airlines very much. We've told the airlines we're going to help them.
6: Want $25 well, billion. Well, so
0: we're going to be helping. We're going to be backstopping the airlines. We're going to be helping them very much. Chuck. It's very important. What do you do about
6: the, the stock the
4: market,
0: sir? $25 billion for the passenger carriers and $4 billion for cargo. We're going to be looking at it very strongly. We have to back the airlines. It's not their fault. Uh, in fact, they were having a record season. Everybody was. They were having record seasons. And then this came out. And it came out from nowhere, so not their fault. But we're going to be back in the airline, yeah. The
8: stocks continue to fall today. With the White House support, negative. The Best thing
0: I can do for the stock market is we have to get through this crisis. That's what I can do. That's the best thing we can do. That's what I think about. Uh, once, uh, once this virus is gone, uh, I think you're going to have a stock market like nobody's ever seen
2: before. Thank you, Mr. People president.
11: People be voting tomorrow,
7: Mr. President. Mr. president? The
2: other day, he he'll, said you don't He'll, he'll be back in a second. He'll be back in a second. I think the question that I think maybe John asked about until July, the guidelines are a 15-day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines are now going to be in effect until July. What the president was saying is that the trajectory of the outbreak may go till then. Make sure we don't think that these are is solid in stone till July. Yeah. But that would be the outside Mr. number. Yeah. Mr.
0: President. Mr. President. Mr. President, you could decide. Hold on one second, please. Go ahead. Mr. Uh, uh,
11: follow up, um, Senate Republicans, do you want Senate Republicans to change the package that passed the House last week? Even though you I think they that may got make got it ready? even
0: better. Look, they're working together very well with the House. They're working very much in unison, like the question before. Uh, they're working uh, to uh, it only enhance it and make it better and make it fair for everybody. And that's what we're looking to do. So we may go back and forth with the House a little bit, but both will be in a very positive fashion. Please.
1: Yeah, Mr. President, um, these new guidelines say avoid social gatherings in groups of more than 10 people. The CDC's recommendations yesterday were for uh, people to avoid gatherings um, of more than 50 people. What's evolved? and in- you and your team's thinking in just the past 24 hours, um, and also, what exactly do you need to see in a stimulus? Well, let
0: moment? me just have the professionals answer that. Uh, okay. We'd like to do that. Great. Yes.
1: Thank you, and thank you for that question. So we have been working on models um, day and night around the globe to really predict, um, because some countries in our very early stage, like the United States, we've been working with groups in the United Kingdom. So we had new information coming out from a model. And what had the biggest impact in the model is social distancing, small groups, not going in public in large groups. The most important thing was if one person in the household became infected, the whole household self-quarantine for 14 days. Because that stops 100% of the transmission outside of the household. And as we talked about, Early on, it's silent. We had another silent epidemic, HIV. And I just want to recognize the HIV epidemic was solved by the community, the HIV advocates and activists who stood up when no one was listening and got everyone's attention. We're asking that same sense of community to come together and stand up against this virus. And if everybody in America does what we ask for over the next 15 days, we will see a dramatic difference, and we won't have to worry about the ventilators, and we won't have to worry about the ICU beds, because we won't have our elderly and our people at the greatest risk having to be hospitalized. L-P-P-E, Dr. No. Dr.
6: Burke, can we ask you to comment her. on the... On the go ahead, address? Uh, address yeah. Go
0: ahead.
6: Yes, please. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, very productive call today uh, with governors. We talked about... Uh, the new rollout of the testing that we described yesterday, drive-through and community-based testing. And I know how grateful the president is for the, the efforts that our governors are making. And now uh, with the admiral and, and uh, uh, the United States uh, Public Health Service, as well as FEMA, we made great progress today in coordinating those efforts. But the other issue that was raised with the president today was personal protective equipment. And the reason I mentioned testing is because one of the recommendations that we have for states is that these remote testing sites make a priority of two groups. One would be people over the age of 65 that have symptoms. We don't want them to go to hospitals or emergency rooms. We want them to go to a remote site in a parking lot or at an isolated community location. But the other category is our health care workers. We want to make sure that our health care workers have the opportunity to be tested, and using that new high-throughput test that the president arranged with our major commercial labs, uh, we'll be able to do that much more expeditiously. So we're putting a real priority on our extraordinary health care workers that are are at this very hour coming alongside people that are struggling with the coronavirus and people that are concerned that they may have been exposed. The other piece is uh, we're grateful uh, that the legislation passed Uh, by the House of Representatives, uh, includes liability protection for N95 masks produced by companies like 3M in Minnesota, by Honeywell. Uh, Literally tens of millions of masks are produced every year for industrial purposes, for construction. But the health experts say they can be used just as readily to protect healthcare workers from respiratory ailments. Uh, 3M and other companies were not able to sell those to hospitals but the president negotiated with the Democratic leadership of the House and Senate. We've added a provision to the bill that will literally, from one company alone, add another 30 million masks per month back to the marketplace. We're strengthening the supply chain, uh, and healthcare workers around America can be absolutely certain that the president and our entire team are going to continue to put the health of America first and put first our health care workers across this country that are meeting the needs. Of the people of our country.
5: Mr. Vice President, how many test can. kits have been sent out and how many people can actually be tested?
10: I think the yeah, Admiral
0: can we answer that. And you might want to talk about the roving.
10: So, um, thank you very much for that. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, we're re- really entering a new phase of testing. Um, at first, we were at the initial phase where the CDC developed test was only available in public health laboratories in the CDC works very well for a few thousand tests per day after it gets running. We're now moving into a phase that the big commercial laboratories with high-throughput screening have availability. So, um, as we talked about last week, because of the historic efforts of the FDA, a Roche test and, as the president predicted, a Thermo Fisher test, were both produced last week under an emergency use authorization 1.9 1.9 million of those tests will be sequentially into the ecosystem this week from the information we have right now 1 million tests are available with all the reagents everything ready to go primarily at the reference labs called quest LabCorp, and a couple others now it doesn't matter if they are not in your neighborhood because every day when people get tests a little white box goes out in front it gets shipped Uh, by an incredible distribution system, the test result and it's electronically reported. So these are available to people nationwide. We expect more and more than 1 million coming on board this week as the reagents come up and as people uh, with the testing capacity validate that in their own hospitals and and other places. And in the future, we expect at least 2 million next week and at least 5 million the week thereafter. There are also a whole... Uh, growth of what's called uh, laboratory-determined testing or laboratory-derived testing, where uh, individual laboratories, because of the regulatory deregulation of the FDA, can develop their own tests and start using them. So if you're a CLIA-certified lab with complexity, you can do that. So the point is, testing is now entering sort of what we normally do in the healthcare system, where big labs in a high-throughput basis receive these through normal channels. So that part of it is is really underway.
5: Do you know how many Americans have actually been tested? Do you have a number? Uh,
10: There is a number. I don't have that number because I've been working on setting up this distribution system. So this is where we are. The state and public health laboratories in the CDC are published every day on the CDC website. The CDC gets feeds from uh, from LabCorp and Quest, and they get that on a daily basis. What is not being received right now, and Ambassador Burks is fixing, is that these uh, homegrown tests in highly complex labs don't necessarily get reported in the system. However, as we move forward, particularly in the high, in the, the commercial phase of where we are right now, we expect about 80 to 85 percent of the tests to flow right into the CDC. We know them. That's not good enough for Ambassador
0: Burke. She wants 100, and we'll work on that.
5: Sir, are you. So Mr. Sorry, I
0: think just to put it a different way, a lot of, a lot of testing has been going on, and uh, I don't believe anybody's been able to do what we're doing and what we will be doing.
10: And let me just say that um, we talked about the drive through testing yesterday. I wanted to be clear to everybody this is just another tool for states and local public health systems and healthcare systems to use. It's not replacing testing that goes on in a doctor's office or in a hospital. Or if you go to your doctor and wants to get tested in that office this is just another tool that we're helping the states to have Um, and again as we talked about uh, this is uh, modeled on the uh, fema-based points of distribution system optimized for testing Um, we expect uh, this week uh, we now have uh, gear people being shipped right now today that will be in over 12 states uh, with multiple sites, many of, m- many of states having multiple sites, to start augmenting the local capacity and really providing the state and the local people what they need as another way for people to get tested.
4: Mr.
12: <laughs> so, so
0: this has never been done before. That's never been done, and certainly not on a level like that. And, and I will say that um, I think I can speak for the professionals that uh, if you don't have the symptoms, if your doctor doesn't think you need it, don't get the test. Don't get the test. I think that's very important. Not everybody should run out and get the test. That's right. But we're able to handle uh, tremendous numbers of people. Uh, John? Mr. President, earlier
3: today, uh, Governor Cuomo of New York said that uh, he believes that hospital capacity soon will be overwhelmed and implored you to call on the Army Corps of Engineers to build temporary facilities to house patients. Is that something we're that looking into? Said?
0: It. We've heard that. We've heard it from... Uh, really, two places. There are two places that have uh, specifically New York being one, uh, and we are looking into it very strongly. Yeah. Steve, Steve go ahead. Miss. Sir, how have you changed your own behavior to take account of this virus? Have you? Are you washing your hands more? Oh, you I've always washed my hands a lot. I wash my hands a lot, probably uh, maybe if anything more, certainly not less. What was it uh, like taking the test? It's not, not, uh, Something I want to do every day, I can tell you that. It's, a, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, it's a little bit of, a, of good doctors in the White House, but it's a test. It's a test. It's a medical test. Nothing pleasant about it.
7: You had said Mr. President. that uh, in a tweet that
13: Governor
3: Cuomo should be doing more.
9: What
0: specific, well, I think he can do more. What specifically should I, he be doing? But I think he can, can do more. And, you know, it's an area of the uh, country that's very hot right now. I think... Uh, New Rochelle, and a place I know very well. I grew up right near New Rochelle. Uh, I think it's a it's a very... No, I think it's a, an area that has to be tamped down even more because it's a hotbed. There's no question about it. So I think they can look at doing it. But we're getting along very well. We've had a very... Uh, in fact, I noticed you made some statements uh, just now that uh, the relationship with the federal government has been good, that the federal government has done everything they've wanted us to do. Uh, but we can... Uh, uh, I think I think it's very important that all of the governors get along very well with us and that we get along with the governors, and I think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: have, I have, I have president, so. The
1: defense secretary and the assistant defense secretary have decided to separate and be in a bubble to avoid the spread of the disease and to protect the chain of command. Is that something you and the vice president should be doing? And has there been any talk about having to have a 25th amendment? Well, we haven't, haven't thought of it,
0: but, you know, I will say this, that... Uh, Uh, It's, uh, we're very careful. We're very careful with, with, you know, being together. Even the people behind me are are very, they've been very strongly tested. I've been very strongly tested. And we have to be very careful. But everybody should be vigilant. We have to be vigilant. Thank you, Mr.
13: President. Two two simple questions for you, Mr. President. Go ahead, please. Two two simple questions for you, Mr. President.
0: i you.
5: Okay. I don't know if this is a question for you or for Dr. Burke, but Dr. Burke said, that it is the millennials who are going to lead us through this, and that now is the time to look out for the older people in our home. Older might be a state of mind, not necessarily an age. So for those millennials of us who have parents who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, what is older? What should we tell them at this point?
1: Well, if I was Dr. Fauci, I would tell you there's a physiologic age and a numerical age. Um, So older people with pre-existing conditions, um, and what do we mean by that? You know, significant heart disease, significant kidney disease, significant lung disease, any immunosuppression, any recent treatment for cancer, any of those pieces in any household. Now, why do I think the millennials are the key? Because they're the ones that are out and about and they're the most likely to be in social gatherings, and they're the most likely to be the least symptomatic. And I think we've always heard about the greatest generation. We're protecting the greatest generation right now and the children of the greatest generation. And I think the millennials can help us tremendously by having, plus they need to communicate with each other. Public health people like myself don't always come out with compelling and exciting messages that a 25 to 35-year-old may find interesting and something that will take to heart. But millennials can speak to one another about how important it is in this moment to protect all of the people. Now, you could be 40 and have a significant medical condition and be of substantial risk. You could be 30 and having come through Hodgkin's disease or non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and be of a significant risk. So there are risk groups, risk groups in every age group. But there's more millennials now than any other cohort, and they can help us at this moment.
9: Mr. President, thank you very much. Thank thank you very much, Mr. President. You already
5: talked. Mr. President, the other day you said that you were not responsible for the testing shortfall.
0: Very simple question. Does the buck stop with you? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your response to this crisis? I'd rate it a 10. I think we've done a great job. And it started with the fact that we kept a very highly infected country despite all of the even the professionals uh, saying now it's too early to do that. We were very, very early with respect to China and we would have a whole different situation in this country if we didn't do that. I would rate it a very, very I would rate ourselves and, and the professionals. I think the professionals have done a fantastic job. As far as the testing, you heard the admiral. I think the. The testing that we've done, we, we really took over an obsolete system, or uh, put it maybe in a different way, a system that wasn't meant to do anything like this. We took it over, and we're doing something that's never been done in this country. And I think that uh, we are doing very well. We took the system, we worked with the system we had, and uh, we broke down the system purposely. We broke it down in order to do what we're doing now. And within a short period of time, and even now, we're testing tremendous numbers of people, and ultimately, you're saying it will be what? It will be up to how many people will be we be able to test? We cer- we certainly
10: expect with the high throughput testing that that's no longer a barrier. Um, the barrier is actually doing the test on a person. And I'm sure, as the president will would inform you, in order to do the test, a healthcare provider needs to dress in full personal protective equipment. Uh, full personal protective equipment, and there's a swab that's put in the back of the nose all the way to the back of the throat. It's called a nasopharyngeal swab, which is then put in media. The next person who has to get tested, that healthcare provider has to change all the personal protective equipment. When you put that in, it's highly likely a person coughs or sneezes, so you're at risk. So that's what we're trying to fix now by the mobile platforms, by all the things we're doing, is to enable sort of high throughput of this swabbing. And we're doing some technological things too that might be breakthroughs to make it much, much faster. But we certainly expect that from thousands of people per day, we will, we will be at the tens of thousands of people per day uh, this week, according to those who are. Or Wait,
0: but
2: does the President, buck
9: stop with you, Mr. Okay. President? Does Mr. the buck Mr. stop
10: President? with
0: you? Yeah, normally. But I think uh, when you hear the, uh, you know, this has never been done before in this country. If you look uh, back, you know, take a look at some of the things that took place in 09 uh, or 11 or whatever it may have been. Uh, they never did. Nobody's ever done anything like what we're doing. Now, I, I will also say, uh, Admiral, I think we can say that we're also getting this ready for the future so that when we have a future problem, if and when, and hopefully we don't have anything like this, but if there is, we're going to be very, uh, we're going to be starting off from a much higher plateau because we were at a very, very low base. We had a uh, a system that was not meant for this. It was a, a smaller system. It was uh, meant for a much different purpose, and for that purpose it was fine but not for this purpose so we broke down the system and now we have something that's going to be and and is very special and is ready for future problems i think we can say that very strongly yeah Go
7: ahead, please. thank you mr president yes. how
1: close are you to shutting
11: down america's northern border with canada and could you also uh, speak to the fact about the elections that are supposed to be taking place tomorrow? Is it your advice that those states postpone those elections?
0: Well, I'd leave that up to the states. It's a big thing, postponing an election. I think, to me, that uh, really uh, goes to the heart of what we're all about. I think postponing an election is a very tough thing. I know they're doing, because they've been in touch with us, they're doing it very carefully. Uh, they're spreading people out very at great distances, as you can see, Uh and uh, I think they'll do it very safely. I hope they do it very safely. But I think postponing elections is a very, uh, it's not a very good thing. They have lots of room in a lot of the electoral places. And I think that uh, they will do it very well. But I think postponing is unnecessary. On the
7: northern border, sir, how uh, close are you to We think
0: about it. We think about it. If we don't have to do it, that'll be good. We have very strong emergency powers when it comes to something like this, both on the southern and the northern borders and we uh, we are talking about different things but we'll see right now we have not decided to do that Steve. Can we get Dr. Fauci to talk about the vaccine yeah. trial today and whether the timetable for vaccine has
2: is it possible to accelerate or is still uh, 12 to 18 months? So, thank you for that question. The vaccine candidate that was given the first injections for the first person took place today. You might recall when we first started I said it would be two to three months. And if we did that, that would be the fastest we've ever gone from obtaining the sequence to being able to do a phase one trial. This has been now 65 days, which I believe is the record. Uh, What it is, it's a trial of 45 normal individuals between the ages of 18 and 55. The trial is taking place in Seattle. There will be two uh, injections, one at zero day, first one, Then 28 days, there will be three separate doses, 25 milligrams, 100 milligrams, 250 milligrams. And the individuals will be followed for one year, both for safety and whether it induces the kind of response that we predict would be protective. And that's exactly what I've been telling this group over and over again. So it's happened. The first injection was today.
7: Is,
4: is there
5: response a, to the market sir? Thank you, Dr. Dr. Fauci. Is there is guidance for someone who may have felt sick but then feels better? So you had symptoms, but no, you no longer do. Your fever's gone away. How long would you stay home after that point? That's not clear from the guidance. Well, if
2: you are if you are positive for the infection, if you have coronavirus, it is less how you feel than whether or not you're still shedding virus. So the general issue about letting people out of a facility, who, for example, a hospital or whatever, who have been infected, you need two negative cultures, the same way that was just described, 24 hours apart.
13: Yeah, no,
0: the, market, the market will take care of itself. The market will be uh, very strong as soon as we get rid of the uh, virus. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
4: Pregnant women, is that an underlying – because the U.K. said today that pregnancy was one of those underlying conditions. Do we say that too?
1: There's very little data in pregnant women. I think I about a week ago I said the reports that came in from China, um, from the Chinese CDC, of the nine women who were documented to be pregnant and have coronavirus in their last tri um, w- delivered healthy children and they themselves were healthy and recovered that is our total sample size, and we will be tr- getting more data from countries. While countries are in the midst of this crisis, like Italy, it's I, I try not to bother them frequently to get us their data. We try to get it just weekly from the countries that are in the midst of responding to the epidemic so that their focus is on um, their individuals in their country.
5: Mr. President, any
8: comment on what people like Devin Nunes, the governor of Oklahoma, have been saying, encouraging people to go out to restaurants, which goes directly against what this advice in your guidelines says?
0: No, yeah, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that from Devin or anybody else. Should they
8: heard. stop saying that?
0: Well, I have to see what they said. But they encourage uh,
8: people to go to restaurants if they felt okay well, with their I, families. I would
0: disagree with it, but... Uh, Right now, we don't have an order, one way or the other. We don't have an order, but I think it's probably better that you don't, especially in certain areas. Oklahoma doesn't have a tremendous problem. Oklahoma, You said the governor of uh, the governor, governor of Oklahoma, of
8: Oklahoma Devin uh, Nunes and is Devin. another
0: Yeah, well, I hadn't heard that.
7: So should
0: they be <laughs> or should
8: they not be well, Oh, it's that adverse to
0: what the professionals are saying. That's you
8: know. And what you're saying in your guidelines, yeah. that people shouldn't no, be No, it's to adverse,
0: I'll take a look at it. Absolutely.
3: Um, I don't know who would be best to answer this question. Maybe uh, Secretary or 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 Dr. Fauci. Um, Schools, school districts across the country are closing down. Yet, for the most part, daycare centers remain open. And considering that children can sometimes be asymptomatic carriers and and go home to older individuals, are there any recommendations about daycare centers? I'd
5: prefer if one of our medical discuss oh, that.
2: That's a no. No. That's a good question, John. In 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 the original guidelines, as they were they were they were presented, it was schools, not daycare. I think it's very important. We should probably, if we have not discussed that, go back and discuss that in some detail about whether or not that's equivalent to school. It's a good question.
5: A, a question about the sort of underlying public health strategy behind some of these guidelines, telling people to avoid restaurants and bars is a different thing than saying that bars and restaurants should shut down over the next 15 days. So why was it seen as being imprudent or not, not necessary to take that additional step offer of that additional guidance? Well,
0: that? well,
1: I think we have to say the data that has been coming out, and I'm sure you're all up to the date, up to date on how long the virus lives on hard surfaces. And that has been our concern over the last two weeks.
2: No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I just wanted to read. Re- there's, there's, a, there's an answer to this.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. He was my mentor, so I'm going to have to let him speak.
2: <laughs> the small print here, it's really small print. In states with evidence of community transmission, bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate should be closed.
5: So Mr. President, are you telling, Mr. Are, are you telling, are you telling governors in those states then to close all their restaurants? Well, their we bars?
0: haven't said that yet. We're recommending but, but we're recommending, but we're recommending things. No, we haven't gone to that step yet. That could happen, but we haven't gone there yet. Please. So, on the election, you're saying it's a bad thing to postpone it. But if
6: you got the ten-person maximum, uh, you know, guideline uh, in a practical sense, can you have rallies? Can you? Primaries surely gather more than 10 Well, hopefully this Nothing will going
0: to pass through and hopefully that we'll have uh, everybody will be going to restaurants and flying and being on cruise ships and all of these different things that we do. Uh, and uh, it will uh, very, very hopefully be at a fairly quick period of time. But we're, we're taking a tough stance. Uh, we may make certain other decisions. We may enhance those decisions. We're going to find out as per the question that you were asking uh, some of those decisions may had. How about one more?
1: On the cyber, on the cyber attack on HHS, yeah. is there any reason to believe that they were trying to hack into the system and gather information from ahead, the system? Please. And also, is there any reason, so were they trying to hack to get information
4: and also, would, do you have any reason to think that it could have been Iran, Russia, do you have any, any reason to believe it was a
5: foreign act? So in the previous 24 hours, we saw a great deal of enhanced activity with relation to the HHS, uh, HHS computer systems and website. Fortunately, we have extremely strong barriers. We had no penetration into our networks. We had no degradation of the functioning of our networks. We had no limitation of our capacity for people to telework. Um, we've taken very strong defensive actions. Uh, the source of this enhanced activity remains under investigation. So I wouldn't want to speculate on the source of it, but there was no data breach or no degradation in terms of our ability to function and serve our important mission here. Thank you. Mr. Vice
7: Mr. President-, President-, President, what looking for in another stimulus sir, been- package,
8: sir? Could you speak
1: to that?
0: One thing Mike just said, uh, it's very important to get out that this is for the next, what we're talking about, much of what we're talking about is for the next 15 days. Mike, go ahead.
6: Mr. Vice President, have you been tested? I've not been tested yet. Uh, I'm in regular consultation with the White House physician, and he said I've not been exposed to anyone uh, for any period of time that had the coronavirus and that my wife and I have no symptoms. But uh, we're checking our temperature regularly uh, every day and we'll continue to follow guidance, which I think may be um, a, good, a good place to land at the end of the day and that is as we expand testing rapidly around the country through the new public-private partnership that the president facilitated um, we want the test to be available for people who have symptoms uh, people that who have symptoms and are in vulnerable populations and our healthcare care workers to make sure that they can have the peace of mind that they're doing their jobs and they're properly protected and so our, our best counsel the council of the experts is uh, if you have a question, call your doctor, call your health care provider, ask whether or not you should be tested. And that's what my family is doing as well. Let me just emphasize one more point, if I can. The president uh, asked the task force to continuously review the data and the information that we have, not only in this country, uh, but from around the world, to give the best guidance to state leadership and local health care leadership and all of the American people about how to keep themselves, their family and their community safe. This guidance for the next 15 days is what our experts say is the best opportunity we have to lower the infection rate over the entire course of the coronavirus, just as the president did by suspending travel from China, just as he did with travel advisories and screening from Italy and South Korea, just as uh, we've done with Europe and, and at midnight tonight with the UK and Ireland. We'll continue to take very decisive steps to lower the the spread of the coronavirus. But we want every American to know, and we would ask all of of you in the media uh, to spread the word to the American people, that that this is advice on behalf of the President of the United States to every American, what you can do over the next 15 days to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And we're calling on every American to do your part, because together uh, we'll get through this and we'll find our way forward.
0: Mr. President, what do you think of that? G7. Uh, yeah, video we had a G7. Uh, what was the upshot of yeah, that? And are uh, you still going to be able to meet at Camp David? I think well, it it's looks like it. Would and are you really...
5: confident in their responses
0: as uh, you are with I'm your own? I'm very confident that they're, they're in a position that uh, some of them are in a rough position, if you look at a couple of them, and some are heading toward pretty rough territory. We had a very good conference it was a teleconference uh, everybody was on the phone every leader and uh almost 100 percent was devoted to the subject that we're talking about today and uh they are working very hard and they you know they're very concerned obviously but they're working very hard but i would say just about all of it was steve all of it was devoted to what we we're talking about all that summit at camp david well, i think so i mean uh, so far it seems we haven't we didn't even discuss that still a ways off but uh It was a very good discussion and they have uh, there's a great camaraderie. There's a great togetherness. I think it was I think I can say that uh, very, very strongly. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you very
8: much.
14: You have been listening to the White House Coronavirus Task Force briefing. President Trump appearing during the briefing and making a noticeable shift in tone than what we have heard from him. Before, the president saying that the virus is not under control. The president sharing the recommendations that you should stay home if you feel sick or if you're elderly or if you have an underlying condition. The president noting that even if you are young and healthy, you have a role to play in defeating this virus.
0: Therefore, my administration is recommending that all Americans, including the young and healthy, work to engage in schooling from home when possible, avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 people, avoid discretionary travel, and avoid eating and drinking at bars, restaurants, and public food courts. If everyone makes this uh, change or these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation and we will defeat the virus and we're going to Have a big celebration all together.
14: Let me repeat those guidelines so everybody gets them. And to be to be clear, these guidelines are for the next 15 days after which the government, the U.S. government will revisit them. Okay, it is uh, that all Americans, including the young and healthy. So everyone uh, work to engage in schooling at home where possible, avoiding gathering in groups of more than 10 people, 10 people. Not even that, they said. Avoid discretionary travel. Don't go to bars or restaurants or public food courts. This is over the next 15 days. This is what the president said. Let's talk about all of this. Uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I, I want to uh, start with you. And I should note that just since this briefing began and ended, we have learned of two other people in the United States who have died from the coronavirus. virus. What is your response to the new guidelines?
9: Well, we knew there was going to be a big change in tone today. I mean, obviously, there's been a uh, there's been a lot of uh, rumors about what was likely to be said, but uh, uh, this is this is very different. It was a direct appeal to to all Americans, uh, Jake, uh, to do their part. Still, recommendations, not mandates, uh, you know, and and but making these recommendations for the entire country as opposed to these states that have sort of been doing this ad hoc. You've had one state act a certain way, another state act a, another way. Uh, president Trump, Ambassador Burks, uh, saying this needs to be the entire country. Also, Jake, I'm sure you caught that the the president also said that he expects this uh, this outbreak within the United States to not subside until July or August. So that was another big change, obviously, as well from what we have heard before. One thing I should point out it, it's it's very interesting. So you you read the guidelines, and it says 15 days to slow the spread. Uh, and then we hear that this isn't going to subside till July or August. Dr. Fauci came to the lectern at some point and said, look, uh, two weeks, uh, 15 days to slow the spread, but then we're going to reassess. Right. So I think we're going to keep hearing that. Let's see how we are in two weeks, and then these recommendations may continue, I think was what Dr. Fauci was saying, uh, Jake.
14: It's entirely possible, of course, that after 15 days, uh, the American people will be asked to continue uh, with uh, this rather... Uh, extreme suggestion, recommendation from the CDC. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be enacted. It is uh, something that they say will save lives. Uh, But it certainly it will be disruptive of how we go about our day to day life, although necessary, uh, Dr. Murthy. uh, This is something that public health officials have been saying uh, for weeks needs to be taken with this degree of seriousness. And finally, it seems President Trump is on board.
12: Yes. You know, today we saw a significant shift in the message as well as the tone. And I think we're starting to see the administration speak with one voice and with greater clarity about the urgency of the situation. The measures that you heard being called for today, in particular, the uh, restriction on domestic travel, the restriction on groups that are larger than 10 people, as well as the the urging of uh, of Americans to stay home and to avoid Uh, you know, the traditional social gatherings, these are recommendations that public health leaders have been calling for for some time now. Some of us, in fact, uh, took out uh, an op-ed, a PSA that ran in USA Today just yesterday, calling for these same measures. And I think we now have a better chance at slowing the spread of this virus if we're taking these steps together. So that was one of, I think, the most important messages that came out of today.
14: Uh, and let me just ask you and Sanjay and and, uh, and Juliet Kayam, uh, yeah. and, and, I'll, and I'll start with you, Juliet. Um, how much, because you, you, you're all parents, I'm a parent, how much are all of you limiting or ending uh, your children's ability to interact with other children? Uh, I'll start with you, Juliet.
4: It's completely over. There's no ifs, ands, or buts at this stage. What you saw. Um, All my girlfriends text me and go, can you do a play date? There's nothing like that anymore. I don't quite get why we're trying to work around it. Um it is it is what it is. Um and the reason why or what you saw the, the happen today, which is uh the federal government finally got aligned with the state governments. The state governments were already there. They saw this coming, they had these rules down. It is good to have the federal government unify. I should say that state a lot of these authorities reside with state governments. They do not reside with the federal government, so That's why some of them are recommendations just to get this just in some ways to give the states cover or at least a baseline. And I think the big takeaway for me is finally uh, the White House admitted uh, that containment, border stops, all that stuff can no longer uh, protect us. They finally sort of opened their eyes that we just have to get a very, very aggressive mitigation, social isolation Um, And get people like me uh, or how I used to be and homeland security planners out there uh, to begin the process of trying to slow the spread and stop with this sort of, you know, trying to get it, keep it away from our borders. I thought that was a big unstated concession uh, that they know now that it is here. The governors already knew it was here. And now we have alignment.
14: And and I just want to put a button on this. Uh, Sanjay and Vivek, you agree no playdates for your kids. That's it.
9: Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it's, it's tough. It's my uh, youngest daughter's 11th birthday today. And uh, we had a long conversation over the weekend, tough conversation about canceling a birthday party and all that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I I get it. It's, it's hard, but it's necessary. So, you know, we, we had some good conversations about this over the weekend. And, and I think we also want to set an example, Jake, as I know you do, and Vivek does, and Juliette for other people as well. And
14: Vivek, I know your kids are a little younger, so maybe not as big an issue uh, with you. Caitlin, let let me go to you. This is a marked change in tone and substance from President Trump. You just asked President Trump about the containment of the virus. Let's play that for our viewers. You're
8: not saying it's under control, right? I'm
0: not referring to it, meaning the... the Yeah, if you're talking about the virus, no, that's not under control for any place in the world.
14: It's not under control for any place in the world. This is not about gotcha. I'm glad the president has landed where he's landed. But let's note, this is quite different from what we heard from the president just yesterday. Let's roll that sound.
0: It's a very contagious virus. It's uh, incredible. But it's something that we have uh, tremendous control of.
14: Okay, again, I am grateful that President Trump is finally talking about what is real and and what is the truth of this horrific pandemic. What do you make of the shift, Caitlin?
8: Yeah, he's definitely cleaning up that remark from saying it is something that's under control. And this is really larger than just the president. We've also seen it from his own aides who in the past have been saying this is contained here in the United States. This is under control. We are clearly seeing it's not. And that was on evidence by these guidelines they're giving us today, saying that the outbreak could last in the United States through July, potentially even August. And so that's why we wanted to ask the president after saying, you know, we have tremendous control over this, because if his supporters are watching, they hear something like that. It's important for the president to say, as he did today, that... That it is not the virus he is talking about. He's clarifying today or trying to clean up today and say he meant the essentially how his administration is responding to this, he says, in the confines of what we're working with, saying that, yes, the coronavirus, admitting it is not under control, not in the United States, not anywhere in the world, the president said. And Jake, I also want to note something else the president said he would follow up with us on, and we will be following up with the White House on this, is how many ICU beds and ventilators there are across the nation. Something that Dr. Sanjay Gupta and I have talked about several times, how many are there and are essentially they prepared for the next phase of this, which is moving on from just the testing, but also whether or not these hospitals are going to be prepared for these coronavirus patients. The president could not say how many ICU beds there are, how many ventilators there are. His administration has refused to say a flat number, like people like the Human Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar saying it's a national security reason, though, of course, the president said he would get us that number. And Jake, just one more important thing from this guidance we got there today, in addition to limiting those gatherings to people of 10 or fewer, they also say even if one person in your household has coronavirus, the entire Household needs to self quarantine, needs to stay at home, and none of them need to be going out. So, some really important guidance there coming out of the White House today.
14: Let me bring in Sanjay. Sanjay,
9: yeah, I mean, look, that, that this is you know looking forward. I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time looking in the rearview mirror and, and, uh, and talking about all the mistakes about testing and all that. I mean, I think that time has passed. We, we need to be looking forward. And, and as Caitlin has brought up, and I've brought up, and we've asked the administration about this specifically, there is a there is a, a, a shortfall. When it comes to ICU beds and breathing machines, Uh, by the by, the federal government's own estimates, based on a moderate pandemic, which this looks like it's uh, going to be. I mean, hopefully, it's not going to be a severe pandemic. But even with moderate pandemic sort of numbers, you would need 200,000 ICU beds. We have about 100,000. You'd need about 64,000 ventilators, which is about the number that we have. A few more with the stockpile. But Jake, as we've talked about, uh, many of them are currently in use. You know. Um, They've, they've talked about canceling elective surgeries, uh, you know, to try and uh, free up more ventilators, things like that. But we've, we've got to be doing this. And you know, uh, I think today was the first day, Caitlin can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, where I heard somebody, in this case the president, saying, we will go and buy ventilators. We will actually yep. go buy them as as needed. Uh, one thing I should point out is everybody on the planet wants to buy ventilators now because this is yeah. a pandemic. So it's going to be challenging to buy those ventilators at this point.
14: All right, everyone stick around. Uh, I, I want to keep talking about this, but it's uh, let's go to the money lead now because it was another hideous day on Wall Street, a market's uh, plunging uh, today, uh, the Dow Jones in- in- Industrial uh, average uh, sinking down more almost uh, 3,000 points. Its worst closing day uh, since 1987. 1987. Let's go straight to CNN's Allison Kosick uh, at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, and Allison, the largest point loss ever today, is that right?
7: The biggest and worst point loss ever for the Dow really. Uh, Jaw-dropping, and if you watch what happened as the president was speaking and what he was saying, uh, it's when he said that the outbreak could last until July or August that's when the Dow kind of nosedived hundreds of points. And as he was talking, the closing bell rang, almost to a relief to everybody on the floor here of the New York Stock Exchange, uh, because this is this is going to obviously. Uh, hurt the economy much longer than everybody expected. I mean, you think about what happens here at the stock exchange with investors and traders uh, trading stocks and and buying and selling. It's all about trying to predict the future and, and what it's going to be like, how stocks could be priced. But now that we're hearing that this outbreak could last into the summer, how do you even price for that? So that's why we saw uh, all the selling uh, toward, toward the close and, and as the president was speaking. And this is despite the, the Federal Reserve's action over the weekend, uh, cutting interest rates to zero, uh, pouring uh, billions of dollars into mortgage-backed securities and, and government bonds. There's only so much monetary policy can do at this point. What investors want to see is the number of coronavirus cases peak and then fall.
14: Take. Allison, let me just ask you: health Health experts and health officials have been saying for for weeks now, certainly for the last week, that this was going to last months and not weeks. President Trump, what he said today that this could last until July or August, uh, is in you know it's in alignment with what these health experts have been saying. The only difference is is that President Trump was acknowledging the reality. I, I guess my point is. If this news had been given weeks ago or over the weekend or if this reality had been acknowledged by the president earlier, would what happened on Wall Street today be different? Did Wall Street not know what the health experts were saying?
7: I think it probably was stunning to hear the president have a different tone today, very different from what we've seen in the past, um, with him acknowledging that this is bad and this is going to last longer than expected. Um, I I mean, I think that... uh, At this point, there was hope that uh, this would end a lot earlier. Um, But obviously, with the president now acknowledging that it's going to be bad and could last a lot longer, I think that's why you're seeing this sort of this 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 real quick shock to the market that we saw today. Um, You know, never mind what happened this morning. um, There's also an underlying worry that the Federal Reserve sees something that investors don't see, meaning are the credit markets freezing up more than experts had realized. Why did the Federal Reserve make this decision on a Sunday when, by the way, Jake, its meeting starts tomorrow? It could have waited till tomorrow or even Wednesday. Jake?
14: All right. Alison Kozak at the New York Stock Exchange. Thanks so much. We have more breaking news for you. New York City is now considering everything, including a citywide curfew in New York City. That's next. We're going to squeeze in this quick break. Stay with us. News, we are getting new details from New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who says everything is on the table in terms of a potential curfew or any other measures that might be taken to stop the spread of the coronavirus. As the mayor says, New Yorkers should have a wartime type attitude towards combating the virus. CNN's Erica Hill is live for us in New York City. and Erica, this is New York City potentially taking some major, if not unprecedented, steps.
11: Absolutely. I mean, this is really stark language from the mayor of New York City saying, as, as you just said, we need to look at this in terms of a wartime worldview. He said at the moment, stay home as much as you can, but noted that guidance might get a lot sharper at one point, saying today it's OK to go out for a run. But that may not be the case tomorrow, saying that everything is under consideration, including the lockdown. Now, notably, the president saying just a short time ago that was not something that they were looking at at the moment. Here in New York City, also talk from the mayor about emergency rooms, saying at this point anyone uh, who is not in an actual emergency should not go to the ER, noting there will be officials outside screening and that they will turn people away if you don't need urgent care. He also talked about testing here in New York City and said that five drive-through testing facilities across the city will be opening for priority testing only. He said they're actually working out those details. So we'll be looking to get some more of those details from the mayor as opposed to where they are, what those priorities are are for those five drive-through testing sites. Remember, in New Rochelle, the first one that opened, the priority was given to those who'd been in quarantine or who were in the containment zone, Jake.
14: All right, Erica Hill, hospitals nationwide are bracing for a rush of patients, experts fearing that the hospitals will not have the resources to treat the surge of patients. In Georgia, a hospital CEO says his hospital has gone through five months of safety inventory in just six days. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is calling on President Trump to try to use the Army Corps of Engineers to build up medical capacity and make more hospital beds. And as CNN Sanjay Gupta reports for us now, time is running out for hospitals to get the resources they need before the patients start showing up.
5: We're at a critical inflection point. We have the same number of cases uh, now that Italy had
9: two weeks ago, and we have a choice to make. This is the era of coronavirus. Hospitals overcrowded in places like China and Italy, stretching resources thin and putting patients at risk. And the concern is that in a matter of weeks, that could become the United States.
12: We are so incredibly underprepared for a major onslaught to the hospitals, which is basically now inevitable. I think we have to look at Italy and see where they, what happened to them, and I think we're in, actually in worse shape. We don't have enough hospital beds, we don't have enough ICU beds,
9: According to the most recent estimates, even in a moderate outbreak, health officials estimate that 200,000 Americans will need intensive care and 64,000 will need breathing machines or ventilators. But the problem is the United States has less than 100,000 ICU beds and only about 62,000 full-featured ventilators on hand, with an additional 8,900 in the national stockpile. But since we're still in flu season, many of those
12: are already in use. And by the way, even if we got the, even if we had the 100,000 plus ventilators that we actually need, we don't have the staff to operate them. So
9: hospitals are bracing for a rush of patients, trying to free up as much space as possible. That means getting patients who are well enough out of the ICU and canceling all elective operations. We just have to make this a standard across the board. In some cases, hospitals are now trying to prevent patients who are well enough from coming to the emergency room in the first place, like building tents to triage and treat potential coronavirus patients, using telehealth so that people can call in from home, and building up their testing capacity, in some cases, without people even having to step out of their cars. But all of this hinges on having enough supplies, which means hospitals are now rationing what they do have. My hospital, I mean, you had a mask, gloves, they were just sitting out. You could use what you needed to use. That's changed. That's right. We've had to remove many of these items from the shelves. To be clear, most people who get infected with the novel coronavirus won't need to be hospitalized. But for a small percentage of patients, the virus can be deadly.
11: We've had uh, everyone ranging from just needing some supplemental oxygen through their nose all the way through people who are in shock and needing to be
9: uh, on 100% oxygen on a ventilator in the ICU. When that happens, hospitals can quickly run out of space and supplies. And if staff don't have the proper protective gear they may run out of doctors and nurses as well. But if this is really affecting an entire community, an entire state, an entire country, the world, are we ready? Do we have what we need?
11: Well, I think we are as ready as we can be, but without knowing what the future holds, it's hard to say whether or not we're, we have enough equipment and we have what we need. I think that there are concerns, legitimate concerns about as a nation, if we're ready to handle such an enormous pandemic.
9: And I can tell you, Jake, uh, you know, for weeks we've been asking these questions about whether or not tangibly we would have more enough ICU beds uh, and breathing machines. And today was the first time just in the press conference that we just listened to together where President Trump said, look, you know, we're counting on the states to to buy what they need, but the federal government is planning on buying a lot of ventilators as well. Still don't have exact numbers. We know what's needed. We know how much we have. We still don't know exactly what the plan is in terms of making up that shortfall, Jake.
14: All right, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, thanks so much. President Trump just said he will back the airlines 100% during this awful time for their industry, but that industry could look very different in just a few weeks. Stay with us. And we are back with our money lead. President Trump just said he will back the airline industry 100% as airlines around the world are grounding planes, laying off workers, and scrambling as coronavirus freezes travel. And today, The Center for Aviation, a well-respected consultant company, said, quote, by the end of May 2020, most airlines in the world will be bankrupt. Coordinated government and industry action is needed now if catastrophe is to be avoided. Let's bring in CNN business editor at large, Richard Questa.
13: And Richard, bankrupt? Is that right? Yes, because although the the U.S., Maybe the the US airlines may be in better shape than most. In the rest of the world, there are lots of airlines that are literally staggering along week by week, month by month, and they're doing so on the back of cash flow. Uh, the old idea that just get the passengers on, get the money in and pay the bills. Well, now the money's not coming in. And it's just a sign of the times, Jake, that today that the Airlines for America, A4A, has basically put all the airlines together and they're asking for $50 billion worth of assistance from the U.S. government. A variation of tax breaks, excise charges to be lowered. But ultimately, some of them believe it will also have to be guaranteed loans from the federal government or the Federal Reserve. The airlines have never seen anything like it. There are hundreds of planes now that are grounded as millions of passengers aren't flying.
14: Uh, the $50 billion bailout, how would that aid get broken up?
13: We don't know who get what. Because after all, the airlines, the majors in the U.S., United, Delta, American, Southwest, they have very strong balance sheets rebuilt over many years from their own uh, crises. But what it would certainly do would be give them the breathing space, probably from things like loan guarantees or that the Fed Reserve would buy their instruments, their financial paper. It would all be unwound in the future and the airlines would probably have to pay interest. But the idea is to ensure no major carrier goes under. And if you think, I'm, you know, this is sort of just them scaremongering to get a government bailout, American cut 80% of its flight plans. United has now only three flights from London to the United States, whereas before they had 18. We are talking about a wholesale destruction of the US airline network. And to put that back together again is going to be timely, costly. And the object, the object, of course, is to avoid losing jobs.
14: And as you mentioned, United Airlines uh, severely slashing its flight schedule. I think it's a 50 percent over the next two months. Uh, the top management executives, United, are going to have a 50 percent uh, cut in pay. All of this is an effort uh, to, to avoid furloughs. But I guess the big question for United, is that going to be enough?
13: Oh, No. No, I can say that without... It gives me no pleasure to say that. But for any of the airlines, United, Delta or American, absolutely not. Uh, they're already seeking how many people they're going to have to furlough at the moment. Let me put this in the full context to anybody who thinks this is just the airline's crying wolf. In Europe, Austrian, part of the Lufthansa group, has just stopped flying, grounded the planes. Polish airlines decided... It's going to stop, ground the planes. I would not be surprised if within each airline group, say, for example, Air France, uh, KLM Delta, United, Lufthansa, British Airways, American. the, the, The goal here for the airlines is to ensure that they have across their network at least one flight, whether it's with themselves or a partner or an alliance. That's not going to be able to continue. You're going to see more airlines simply saying it's not worth us turning on the lights today. We'll come back when it's over.
14: All right, Richard Quest, thank you so much. Still with us is Dr. Uh, Vivek Morthy, uh, former U.S. Surgeon General, as well as uh, CNN chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And I want to start this discussion by just noting, because I know there are a lot of scared people out there. The United States, the world, we will get through this. We've been through 9-11. We've been through the economic collapse uh, of 2007, 2008. The, we will get through it, but we don't know when. And, and uh, let me start with you, Sanjay, because many are wondering when life will go back to normal. President Trump uh, said that he thought that, that the pandemic, uh, generally speaking, would be over by July or August Uh, One expert said to the Washington Post that asking the question about when is this going to be over is like asking a fireman, when can you move back in? But your your house is still on fire. Do you you agree?
9: Yes, uh, I think that that's right. I mean, you know, that's part of the the thing with a new virus, a novel virus like that. There's two there's two reasons why that's important. One is that because it's a new virus, we don't have immunity to it. None of us uh, human beings anywhere on the planet have been exposed to this virus before. We don't have immunity to it. And and that's one of the problems. The other one is that we we just don't know how it's going to behave longer term. But I will say that uh, there's two things that really jumped out at me. One is that you know if you look at previous coronaviruses like SARS, it you know it uh, you did start to see a peak sort of in the in the late spring, early summer, and then this sort of significant tapering off by July or August. The second thing, Jake, that really jumped out at me. You and I talked about this, but. But Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, he came to the lectern and said, look, this thing says 15 days of these recommendations, but we are going to reassess after two weeks. My guess is it's not going to be two weeks. It's, it's going to be reassessed at that point, And probably, given how things are going, uh, the numbers are going to be worse at that point. And, uh, you know, we'll probably have uh, another two weeks at that point and then reassess. So I don't think it's going to be this sort of life uh, change to July or August, but I think it's going to go on for a while, Jake.
14: It is. Uh, and uh, as we discussed earlier, parents should be taking this seriously, not having play dates for their kids. That's I right. know it's going to be challenging. Uh, and there are a lot of challenges for people who have essential jobs and cannot afford childcare. And there's going to be a lot of people with very difficult decisions to make uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months. One thing I want to remind people of, though, is that other parts of the world have been through this already. And they are saying that we in the United States and in Canada should be taking these steps right now. In fact, there was a video put together of quarantined Italians sharing a message to themselves 10 days ago. If they could go back in time and say, what would you tell yourself 10 days ago? What they wish they know. And this is them saying uh, they're obviously speaking in Italian. But but some of them are saying things like We underestimated this. You don't have to do the same. You don't have to do the same. Stay home. Uh, This comes after we saw uh, other videos uh, of people uh, in Italy out and about. This is from uh, late February. People were out and about even as the disease was striking. The virus was striking. So we hope that the message that our Italian brothers and sisters are sending themselves 10 days ago, which is really a message that they're trying to send to us, especially younger people that maybe aren't taking this as seriously uh, is we, we hope people are getting the message. This is serious and, and take it. Do you think that Americans are starting finally to get the message? Obviously, President Trump is finally getting the message.
9: Yeah, you know, I, I'm curious to see how this is going to, to go over. I think, I think people are, are starting to get the message, but but Jake, I mean, everyone has to get this message. Everyone. I mean, this was a direct appeal to all Americans. We are really all in this together, maybe more than we've ever been maybe ever, certainly in a long time. So if people aren't being consistent, aren't being honest, aren't caring through about some of these recommendations, it affects everybody. So I, you know, I'm not suggesting that these things need to be mandated. They're still recommendations and I think most people will do the right thing. But you know, Jake, even last night, I mean, despite some of the earlier recommendations, there are a lot of people who, who still, uh, you know, are going out. They're still getting together in large gatherings and, and and all that. Hopefully, that maybe changes today. It was a distinct change in tone by the president. I mean, distinct. He said, "I wrote these quotes down." He said, "This is bad." He yeah. said that a couple times. This is bad. He said, "This isn't going to end until July or August." I mean, you know, th- these were things that are completely different than what he was saying just a few days ago, as you know better than anyone, Jake. But it was a distinct change in how he's thinking about it. And I hope other people pay attention.
14: Yeah. And, and we'll have time in the coming weeks, months, whenever to talk about uh, how the president handled this rhetorically for the previous two months. But uh, Dr. Vivek Morthy, uh, I-, I think I speak for all three of us when I say I'm glad President Trump is now conveying the message. This is serious. Take it seriously. Stay at home.
12: Well, I, I'm glad too, but and let me pick up on something that came up during this press conference that I think is really important. Uh, a reporter asked about the anxiety and fear that people are experiencing around the country. And I think that fear is, is very common. It's widespread. Every day I talk to people who are asking themselves and asking people around them, when is this going to end? What impact is it going to have on our lives, and our families, and our jobs? And in times of uncertainty like this, it's tough, and it's especially tough when we are being told that we can't get together with friends, very friends that we often rely on during times of crises. But what I want people to know is that as we start looking around us, we can already start to see reasons to be hopeful. Uh, we see in our hospitals and clinics, doctors who are stepping up and despite not having the ability to protect themselves, they are serving patients. We see athletes who are paying arena workers who are out of work. We see you know, folks who are right around me, you know, living uh, actually near, you know, in our neighborhood who are wiping down the the, the door handles on and and CVS stores so that other people won't get infected. This is what yeah. the resilient American spirit looks like. And if we focus on cultivating this uh, over the next few months, we will be OK.
14: amen and we will still be here to bring you the news. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Gupta, Dr. Morthy, thank you so much. Well the governor of one state with more than 150 cases of the coronavirus response to the new guidelines